Hey everybody, this is Luna Tan, and this is Dwayne Paris. You are listening to Clubotech Publishing Radio. Here we talk about what's happening in the publishing industry today, share stories and insights from publishers, and discuss how we can shape the future of publishing. Hi, this is Luna, and this is Dwayne Paris. Welcome to the 16th episode of Clubotech Publishing Radio. And today we are very happy to have Pam French with us today to talk about some stories from Bank B I N C. Pam French is the executive director of Bank, the book industry charitable foundation. She uses her 36 years experience in the book industry to expand Bank's outreach to bookstores and comic shops across the nation. Thank you so much for being with us, Pam. Thank you. We're thrilled to be honored to join you on your podcast today. I appreciate you joining us and wanting to learn more about the foundation. So, the Book Industry Charitable Foundation is the only nonprofit in the U.S. dedicated to assisting booksellers and comic shop employees in need. How did Bank come into being in the beginning? Yeah, absolutely. I'd be pleased to. So the foundation started in 1996 by employees of the former Borders stores. Borders was a chain of bookstores in the U.S. They had stores and employees across the nation, and somebody needed assistance in one side of the country, and employees came together to help them. They really wanted to help their coworkers, and they had the idea that they could collect funds. And be able to help this individual get through the crisis that was impacting them. And at that time, the company also thought that this was a great idea and a great way to support employees through things that insurance didn't necessarily cover. So they、uh, not only em- employees gave, but the company matched 50 cents on the dollar to create a fund. Where employees could apply when they had some type of a financial emergency, anything from a natural disaster to medical care, maybe a death in the family, and it was a really a great way for employees to come together to support each other across the entire company. Yes, Pam, that is a great initiative, and it makes employees feel appreciated in the organization once they can get help like that. What are some of the requirements for the applicants, and what kind of funding programs does Bank offer? Sure. When Borders closed in 2011, the company liquidated.、Uh, the foundation was still a separate organization. We were an independent 501c3, and I worked with our board of directors, and we decided to explore whether booksellers at bookstores across the country. Could use the same safety net that Borders had for its employees. So, with the funds that had been raised by Borders employees, we took about four years to scale our mission nationwide, and we also took the time to determine whether there was a need among bookstore employees, and if the industry would be willing to sustain the foundation financially. And probably right around 2015. It was determined that yes, there was a need for what we did.、Um, we were starting to gain advocacy, and individuals were coming to us with needs. 
and publishers, distributors, bookstores, authors were also embracing our mission and started to donate and provide a safety net for us. So that's when we determined that our organization did have a longer term future and that those employees and owners of bookstores and comic shops uh, did deserve to have a safety net and that's kind of how we expanded nationwide. So if you are a full-time or part-time employee or an owner at a bookshop, a book, bricks and mortar bookshop or a comic shop, you are qualified to come to the foundation um, if you have a financial emergency and apply for assistance. Yes, I think it is really wonderful for our publishing industry to have this kind of great act of kindness, which has been making so much consistent effort in helping each other. So bank has chosen to assist bookstore employees and comic retailers who are facing hardship. Could you just share with us about the impact you have seen on these individuals, their families, and the bookstore community as a whole? Absolutely. The financial assistance that they provide certainly changes people's lives, from pain for cancer treatments to dental procedures, root canals, helping to pay for hotel food and gas, diapers when fleeing a wildfire or a hurricane. Um, it's helping someone relocate after a landlord sells their building. It helps to keep the lights on and the water operating in somebody's home. Bank also brings peace of mind and hope when there's a crisis that creates an imbalance in a person's household financial situation. And truly what our core program helps is during that financial crisis, we have a goal of stopping that situation from spiraling and potentially getting worse. So that's our, our true goal is to be able to, to stop that in its tracks so that that family can take the time to recover that they need um, and then move on with their lives. Absolutely. And at some point in life, someone may need some help and it's a great service that bank is providing. Now, are you able to share any memorable experiences from one of your recipients? Yeah, we do. I think that's one of the most powerful ways that we can explain how the foundation helps a family through a situation. Probably close to 40% of the situations that we help with are focused on medical needs. And these are needs above and beyond what insurance might pay. Uh, the majority of folks that do come for assistance do have health care, but right now we're working with a lot of individuals and we're seeing a trend that situations that were put off during the pandemic are really coming full force and impacting folks. Everything from a lot of dental needs, dental needs were put off during the pandemic, so we're having a lot of those situations come to us. And also treatments that were potentially considered minor at the time, but this time they're starting to escalate. So it could have been that maybe somebody had something they thought was a skin cancer and now it's starting to spread. And so we've seen a lot of increase in medical from that perspective 
where individuals put off their treatments and they're now really do need to have those things uh, taken care of. And so we're we're really seeing that trend in helping individuals, thankful that our donors are here for us so that we can help people get through those situations. Some of the other things that we've recently helped with, particularly in response to the pandemic, is being able to help families who are spread out across the country, but there's an emergency happens and they need to get together. And it has been even more challenging, as we all know, through the pandemic to do that. And we are able to help with individuals, let's say they're doing some caregiving. We've certainly had a lot of booksellers who are doing caregiving, not only for their um, immediate family, but for their parents or maybe their siblings that live across the country. And they need to go and help them. We recently had um, a bookseller whose brother was very sick out west. She lived on the east coast of the US and she needed to fly out there and spend time with him. We were able to help her not only do that, but while she was away from her bookstore job, we were able to make sure that her essential expenses for her home were covered as well, so that her rent and her utilities were covered while she had to take time off to help care for her brother. Unfortunately, in this situation, her brother did pass, and we were then able to help her be able to move through that process of caring for her brother's estate and helping her through a really difficult situation while she was also you know, away from her home. Those are just some of the very recent examples that I have. One of the things that we do like to say is that if you're reading about it in the news, we're definitely helping with it at the foundation. And sometimes, we uh, are helping with things before you read about them in the news, especially when the trends come uh, in concerning some of the medical care. We were seeing those types of trends uh, before we were reading in, in the newspaper about delayed services that were happening because of the pandemic. It's amazing the amount of assistance that you are providing to people in need in the book industry. But of course, in order to do so, you need the funding. So how can someone contribute to banks? Absolutely. We would not have been able to do everything that we've been able to do these past 25 years. We celebrated our 25th anniversary this year. If we did not have the support and advocacy of donors from across the, the, the nation, everyone from booksellers to bookstore owners, comic shop owners, distributors, publishers, provide their support. And certainly one way that people can su provide support is through advocacy, telling other people about us, just like you guys are doing. We're thankful to be able to get the word out and let more people know about the foundation. There's also the committees that folks can volunteer for. We have a finance committee, a program committee, and a development and communication committee. So if somebody is interested in volunteering, they can contact me through our website and we can hopefully match them up with a committee. Um, and then there's also being able to donate. Um, and our, our donations are, are key. We have recurring donations. Some stores do payroll deduction for recurring donations. Um, the foundation was built on individual donations 
one of the stats that I, I like to let folks know about that's really near and dear to me is that on average, Borders employees donated $4.17 a paycheck. And it was completely voluntary, but that just lets you know how important each individual's participation is and that when we come together as, as a community, we can make huge changes because all of that support that donors have given over the years has helped hundreds and hundreds of booksellers in their time of need. And we couldn't be more thankful for everybody. And that really came together during the pandemic. We saw how many friends we had and all the relationships that we had built through, through the years. And that was the point in time when it really did come together for all of us. And folks gave generously and we were very honored and proud that we didn't have to turn anyone away. Anyone who was qualified during the pandemic, well, to date, just anyone who's been qualified, we have not had to turn them away. And that chokes me up a little bit, again, gives me a lot of pride that our, our net of supporters is so broad and they have the trust and the foundation that we are able to get the assistance to the individuals who need it. And that's what we've been doing for the past 25 years and hopefully we'll be doing for at least the next 25 years as well. For a foundation such as Bank, doing so much good work in the book industry throughout the nation, one would expect you to be located maybe in New York, Boston, Chicago, or Philadelphia, one of the big publishing hubs. Um, Mm -hmm. Would you let us know where you're located and why? Oh, we are located in Ann Arbor, Michigan. And the reason we are here is because Borders stores had their headquarters in Ann Arbor. Uh, That's where the Borders brothers created and started Borders Books. And since the foundation started at Borders, we were a part of Borders. We shared offices with them. And we've remained in Ann Arbor. We are, uh, well, a portion of our staff is located here. So we have a, a small office. And then we have satellite offices throughout. We actually have uh, Louisville, Kentucky, and we have uh, Wyoming. Uh, at this point in time, is where we also have employees. But our main headquarters is in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Yeah, it is indeed heartwarming hearing you sharing these great stories from the the applicants, the recipients, and all the great volunteers and all the members of Bank. And it is wonderful to know there are so many people who are willing to pass over this candidates to each other in our industry. And then now, can you tell us what bank has planned for the year of uh, 2022? And what is, uh, what is your vision for the future? It's certainly been interesting trying to plan for the future, just like uh, all nonprofits and small businesses. Uh, we are continuing to be nimble and responsive. But in 2022, we're focusing not only on all of our our core programs that we offer, but specifically we got feedback from a survey we did last year. And one of those surveys uh, questions told us how much individuals valued scholarships 
for professional development. So we are going to be expanding our scholarships for professional development uh, in 2022, and we'll be launching those uh, and more information about that probably in mid-year. To note one of the things that we've noticed through the pandemic is certainly a need for mental health resources has escalated. And we are ensuring now that each grant recipient has access to mental health resources. This is a pilot program that we are launching in 2022 to ensure that really critical resources are available for folks when they're at any point in time, but certainly if they're going through a crisis. And then also in 2022, we are continuing to research and work to determine what role BINC can play in helping to open stores in underserved markets. This is a long-term strategy that we have been researching for the past two years. And in 2022, we are really going to be laying down the foundation to ensure, hopefully, in early 2023, we can have a pilot of that program. So those are the, some of the three primary things that we're going to be looking to in 2022 and beyond, in, in addition to our, our core program. We'll be continuing that as well. It's been Quite an honor, Pam, to hear all of the good things that you and your leadership team through Bank has been doing for the book industry. Is there anything else that you'd like to share with us that we haven't asked about today? I know I mentioned it earlier, but I would like to thank everyone who has supported the foundation, everyone who has told somebody else about the foundation, when they thought they might have a need. It is really because of this network of compassionate, caring individuals in our industry that we haven't had to turn anybody with a qualifying need away, even at the height of the pandemic. And we are incredibly proud of this, but also humbled as well. Our, our supporters and advocates made this happen. Since the foundation is 100% philanthropically funded, this is will be ongoing for us to make sure that we have the resources that's needed. But we have. Folks came to us and uh, were incredibly generous so that during uh, 2020 alone, we were able to help over 2,200 individuals and their families, both book and comic stores, with just uh, nearly $3 million in emergency financial assistance. And I just would like everyone to feel how important their support has been and to feel as proud as we do that the community, our community um, of book lovers and book people, comic folks, has come together to help each other. That's one of the things that I'm certainly most proud of. One of the reasons that I, I love working at the foundation and I love telling folks about the foundation and how they can help. We really appreciate your time being with us today, Pam. It's getting to the end of the interview. So this is a session including three questions, and hopefully this will help our audience have a better understanding of you as a person. So if you are ready, here will be the first one. So can you tell us the best way for you to get relaxed? Yeah, I love, I'm a, a very avid gardener. 
So digging in the dirt, getting outside, feeling the fresh air and, and looking at what's growing in my garden is one of the best ways that I get relaxed. It definitely is energizing and always gives me a new challenge. So I appreciate that a great deal. I, I love it. I do. Yeah, I try to grow a few things in my backyard. It doesn't always end up well, but uh, I try. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. You know, it doesn't always end up the way you think it's going to, but you always learn something. And you can figure out, you know, the next season, maybe how to do it differently as well. Exactly. <laughs> so Pam, could you uh, share with one of your gardening work that you feel really proud of? Oh, well, one of the things I'm most excited about my, during the pandemic, I was like everybody else, I got very much into gardening, but my, my brother got me a fig tree and we're in Michigan. Um, so I was not aware that you could grow a fig tree in Michigan, but not only was I able to grow a fig tree, it is very prolific. So um, it's very exciting to, to have the figs. They're so good. And I got probably this last year at least 45 figs off my tree. So that was pretty exciting for me. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> now, for the second question, would you share with us two people, if given the opportunity, two people, um, either dead or alive, that you would like to invite for dinner? This is a hard question. There's so many to be able to narrow it down to two people. But I would, I would start off with uh, Michelle Obama and Ann Patchett. I just think that that would be such an amazing, intriguing conversation, but also a heck of a lot of fun. I would just love to be able to sit down and have a meal um, and share stories and just hear about their lives and the things that have inspired them. That would be a for me, that would be a, a very exciting dinner. Excellent. I'm sure those two will be a fantastic guests on your dining table. For the last question, could you teach us one of your favorite phrases, either in English or other languages you are good at, and tell us the special meaning it holds to your heart? We have a sign in our office. We have a framed sign in our office. And myself and Kit Steinway, who is one of our program managers, when we were first starting out to let brick and mortar stores across the nation know about the foundation, we would go to stores in person. We would shop in these stores. We would buy something. And sometimes we would buy cards. And we brought back at one point in time a, a series of cards that is still hanging in our office. And the very first card that we have that's framed, it says, Life begins at the end of your comfort zone. And Kit and I thought this was perfect because in taking this leap of faith that there would be a foundation going forward and that there would be a need for what we had to offer and people would be willing to embrace the foundation was certainly the end of our comfort zone. Neither one of us would have anticipated that we would be in a position where we would want to scale a nonprofit nationwide. And that has such meaning because not only did life kind of begin at the end of our comfort zone, it brought us together with hundreds and thousands of others who felt the same way. And I love to come in every day to the office and see that it reminds me of where we began 
and that every day we still do things that might take us to the end of our comfort zone, but we do them and we learn a lot and we're able to help a lot of individuals along the way. This is really beautiful and inspiring, actually. Yeah, I think so. It indeed takes lots of courage and grace to be able to expose ourselves to an environment that is not familiar with us. And thank you so much, Pam, today for the time and for this great conversation we just had. Thank you, Luna and Dwayne. I appreciate your time and your interest. If any of your listeners have questions, comments, or suggestions, please send them our way. We'd love to hear from them. Dear listeners, that is Pam French. Bank is expanding professional development funding for bookstore and comic shop employees and owners, based on feedback from survey results. They are continuing their research to determine what opportunity the foundation may have in helping to open stores in underserved markets. For more information about Bank and the great work they have done, please visit their website, bankfoundation.org. That is B I N C. Foundation.org. If you would also like to request for assistance, make a donation to bank, or have any questions, please follow the links in this episode's notes for all the information. Subscribe to Clubotech Publishing Radio in whatever podcasting app you listen to, or get this podcast delivered to your inbox by subscribing to Clubotech's newsletter. It's free and easy to sign up. The link is in the episode notes. Special thanks to Nello Kopatek, Marian Belling, Bjorn Berger, Angie Heinrich, Stefan Kaufer, George Logan, and Mark Wintle for making this episode possible. Leave us a message on Twitter, LinkedIn, or email us at podcast at klopatek.com. This is Klopatek Publishing Radio. I'm Dwayne Paris. I'm Luna Tan. Thank you for listening.